The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Wendy Powers, was born in Florida in the 1970s at a time when autism spectrum disorders were not understood. As a result, Wendy was bullied, sometimes terrorized, and suffered from depression and PTSD. But through it all, she reports, Source God provided her with spiritual and emotional support that would heal those wounds and allow her to share her experiences with others. In 1974, when her out-of-state grandmother unexpectedly passed from a heart attack in the middle of the night, the three-year-old Wendy was lifted out of bed by the spirit of her deceased grandmother, who sang to her and told her she was loved. When she was five, she experienced her first OBE during a tonsillectomy when the anesthesia wore off in the middle of the surgery. At the age of eight, Wendy experienced traveling to a place she calls the City of Light. She would later learn that her mother, father, and a niece had also experienced similar journeys as children. Source has continued to demonstrate unconditional love to Wendy throughout her life. When she needed it the most, she was gifted with an in-person visit from her guardian angel. She was also allowed to visit with a fiancé who had passed in a plane crash. Today, she is working on a book in an attempt to share these experiences with others. She's also an accomplished artist, really great art, by the way, personal opinion, uh, with work on display through The Art of Autism. And uh, we'll have that link. It's um, theartofautism.com, basically. Wendy, welcome to NDE Radio. Hello, Lee. Good to talk to you again. Yes. And the plan is, folks, you'll be glad to know, Wendy's going to do two shows with us. So we'll be able to um, cover quite a lot of territory. Wendy, besides being an amazing artist, you have been gifted with multiple out-of-body and other spiritually transformative experiences that are that are truly remarkable. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned having memories from the womb, so perhaps we should start there. <laughs> yeah, Leo's actually, even before the womb, I remember being able to select my mother and father for their love. They actually were married for about 55 years. And my father passed away uh, earlier last month, and I was not able to see him due to the COVID, but so I can really feel for anyone out there who's going through that, losing a loved one during this difficult time. It's, it's very heart-wrenching, so my heart goes out to you. But I chose them because they demonstrated a loving relationship through some very difficult and hard times. So that's how it kind of got started. Okay. And then uh, tell us about the, the your experience with your grandmother at age three. Sure. She was up in Indiana, and we lived in Florida. Of course, back then, uh, long distance cost money. <laughs> tell that to the kids these days. They had to pay extra. So my mom and her mother didn't get a chance to spend too much time on the telephone. But it was in the middle of the night. And I was uh, I was just three years old, and my grandmother came to me in a spirit body that was all twinkly, 
and glowing. And she actually lifted me out of the bed and rocked me. And she said, don't be afraid, Wendy Bird. I love you. And started singing Rock My Baby to me. Uh, I found out years later that she had written us each poems when we were born. And when I opened mine up on my 18th birthday, she had nicknamed me Wendy Bird. So she had used that nickname when, before I even knew it. But she rocked me, told me she loved me, laid me back down in my bed. And then the next morning, the phone rang. My mother went to answer it. She was walking back down the hallway. And I said, Mommy, Mommy, did Grandma die last night? And she was just in shock She because it was completely unexpected. And she said, how did you know that? And I said, because she came and saw me. Wow. And uh, how did she take that? Is this something that she could accept? She did. She had been raised in a in a household that uh, her mother was a Christian. And uh, she just, my mom knew that there was more to life than just what we have. So she just kind of said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had to believe you. I mean, at three years old and the fact that you knew that, that your grandmother had passed. Yeah. And it's just, it well, brought, okay. that one incident transformed every, everything about this life for me because it made it very clear that our physical reality right now was only a very small part of the picture. She looked very young and she was beautiful. In fact, she looks like a picture I have at my desk of her when she was about 20 years old. And when she passed away, she she was an alcoholic, so her body looked, looked like it. And she looked nothing like the pictures that I have from when she would visit us when I was that age. So I know that I, I just I, I knew from her visiting that life life went on after life. So I've never doubted that or thought for an instant that this was all there was. Right, which is a gift in itself. It is. Now, now you said that your your first out of body experience came when you were being operated on for tonsils. <laughs> Tell us about that story. Well, I, I remember counting down from 100. I was very excited, you know, to, to be in, going in and uh, getting ice cream. My mom had promised and read the little kids book and everything. And that was in 1975. So I remember I was, I was kind of uh, morbidly excited about going in for a surgery, as little kids can be. And I just woke up and I was on the operating operating room table and the doctor said oh you're not supposed to be awake little girl go back to sleep and next thing I know I was kind of pushed out of my body I, I remember it was it hurt when I woke up I just remember my body I was I was like is you know this is painful and whatever they did or gave me I was kind of pushed out of my body so I was awake but I was like oh this is like really a good dream it's it's real and going over the city and uh, looking into houses and just being fascinated because I could see the different people coming and going and doing their daily life. And some people were happy. Some people were sad. And most people were just doing people stuff. And it's just I was like, oh, this is really cool. I can see all these people all at the same time. And it was kind of neat. And then uh, 
woke up and got ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Did you uh, find you had the ability to read their, their thoughts or their emotions? I did. I did. I was, it wasn't necessarily, well, I guess it was their thoughts, but it was because it was so many people all at once, it kind of, uh, did something to me that I found later on throughout my life until I was in my twenties and kind of learned how to, how to control the psychic experiences I was having. It it sort of was overwhelming in a way because everyone, it's like everyone was talking all at once and I have autism anyway. So I guess it's kind of a spiritual autism. Did you wait at all before you just took off across the city? Did you go around the hospital at all? No. Watch the doctor doing the operation. No, none of that. It just, it was, yeah, I was only five. So I was just kind of, oh, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. And I, I do, I remember the first house that I went into of it being empty. And I, I kind of remember like looking around going, where is everybody? And there was a cat sitting on the floor near a closet. And it was looking like it wanted to go in the closet. And I kind of thought, I'm not going to hurt you. And then the cat, it was like the cat could interact with me, but none of the people that I saw could. Interesting. So uh, did you try to open the closet door for the cat? No, no, but I have interacted. (laughs) Yeah. But in other, later on in life is I've had near death, I mean, uh, out of body experiences. I have been able to kind of go through materials and and glass feels very funny in the in that out of body experience. Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell us about uh, you know subsequent ND or OBEs that you had. Uh, let's see. Well, after that experience, uh, the next one would be when I was eight years old, and it was at a time in my life when I started uh, really questioning different things that were presented to me from my Sunday school teachers and, and the church. And I I went up to the pastor and said, Hey, you know, if God's so real and good and knows everything, then why did he make the devil and the devil? And, you know, and the pastor kind of just looked at me like, Oh yeah, you're one of those kids, aren't you? And uh, he said, well, why don't you go ask God? And, of course, the autistic part of me is like, okay, yeah, I'll go ask God. I was like, how am I supposed to do that? But I prayed about it, you know, just said, okay, God, whoever you are, can you show me who you are? And at that time, I had an out-of-body experience, but it was more of a, my senses deadened one by one. And I found myself actually experiencing God at a very soul and level. And then all of a sudden, uh, I, I just, I started, I remember I started crying because I realized that there was nothing that could exist outside of God because even a void has a name or is a placeholder for something. And that the name that uh, I asked God, I said, well, what if you never existed? And the the emptiness and the and the state that I felt of emotion 
was tra- transformed. It was another transformative part of my life. Just that that state, and and then all of a sudden, God showed the source showed itself to me, and it was a single point of light in this complete void that doesn't even have a name. And I rushed that with that single point of light, every sense came back to me and just all of all of existence existed within that single photon, that single dot. So instead of God being a source and the creation being outside of God, you saw it as everything being inside. Yes. Yes. And one of my spiritual teachers had even even said, uh, reality is when and where source focuses its attention. So that's just my from experiencing it, it's just everything and that, that reality is is the now faith that that of source and that if for even a split second if God decided not to pay attention to me, that I would vanish and would never have even existed in the first place. That the only reason I exist was is because God has faith in its own creation to exist. So God has to be consciousness everywhere all at once for things to continue. Exactly. Hmm. We hope he doesn't he she doesn't give up on us then <laughs> well if that were to happen we'd never know the difference anyway so it's all good <laughs> uh, you know i i have heard the theory expressed that when god says your sins are forgiven that they're not only forgiven they are no longer remembered exactly so if god's attention is taken away from those sins they no longer exist and they maybe never did exist that's exactly right maybe automatic healing that's going on in the act of forgiveness yep and that's Uh and that's the fascinating part too about the new heaven and the new earth that the bible says will be created because i was shown that that actually is source being transformed and when all that's evil is cast away from source into that darkness that Source is actually going to wipe that canvas clean and use what's good, use what it loves, and go forward only keeping what it has decided it's good and that it loves. And it, and it happens to love the individual, all us little creations running around and helping each other and doing good for each other. Source delights in that. So Source is going to keep that. God's going to keep a hold of that. But I've heard a lot of NDE people who visited hell and describing the pain that they saw Jesus in. And I asked God about that. So well, how can anyone go to heaven and enjoy being reunited with you and knowing that their loved one might be suffering in hell and, and they would cry the way Jesus cried and that wouldn't be heaven. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that that's when the new heaven and the new earth, even the memory of those people, hell's going to be completely obliterated. It's, it's just, it's never going to have existed. Satan will never have existed to begin with. Everything, God's attention will be so 
purged that he, she will only keep what it loves. And that would be us and our memories and our, the, the good and hell and all the people who are in it, the ones who have decided on a permanent basis that they're not going to have anything to do with source, that they, they have turned against the whole that they're inside of. It's like a cancer and God will have cast that out of itself, which is into the void, which never was, never could be, which means they'll never have existed to begin with. And that'll be the new heaven and the new earth. So that's a good way to look at it. If everything is contained within the source, and that would include hell and the devil and evil, basically speaking, if you look upon it like a disease in the body of God, like a cancer, as you said, then you can see how it could be exercised, how it could be removed ultimately to heal the entire beingness of God. Exactly. Do you suppose he keeps duality, though? Yeah, yes. And, you know, duality is the essence of creation. You've got to have hot and cold and, and you know, all of the, all of the opposites in order to have a yes, you have to have a no and so forth. Exactly. And that's uh, the that, miracle of God being God is that this one photon had the ability that existed, this one bit of reality that existed in the midst of absolute nothing that could never be named and void that without a void, that it was. And that's the absolute miracle. And for it to be meant that it had to have that very first contrast of it was and nothing and nothing else was the off and on. Hmm. So that created the very first state. And then from there, God divided up. There's uh, the Trinity or the different religions each have histories of how, how God started dividing itself. And that was just an awareness. And in the book that I'm working on, I create, I uh, kind of show it the way I was shown since I'm an artist that this creative being is just that creative. It goes into this room and sets up a canvas and then starts painting. So it's that duality of, you know, it's, it's even more than a duality. It's just energy levels and, and that all those divisions are the miracle of source. Now, when you were eight, you said you went to visit a place called what you call the City of Light. Tell, tell us about that. That was so beautiful. I was taken there by two, uh, some people call them angels. They, I don't know. I was eight years old and really didn't have any uh, words to put into who took me there. But I, I was actually... It was maybe a combination of being out of the body, but I was physically removed from my bed because when it was all said and done, I ended up outside in the pool area and I couldn't get back into the house. My father had to come let me in the sliding glass door and he wasn't happy with me at all. But <laughs> when I was, these two beings, male and female, and they were bright and they they had blonde hair and blue eyes and 
light skin, which isn't to say every guardian has that because I actually met my guardian angel in the flesh, which we'll talk about later, maybe if you want. But he sure. he was actually a uh, came to me as a black man who is just absolutely stunningly beautiful and gorgeous. So creator can show up and manifest in any way that it wants. But these two beings uh, took me into some type of a craft and and communicated telepathically with me and then put me aboard and they were kind of arguing with each other which was kind of cute like you know I thought well this is kind of fun so it was almost like a brother and sister and I had two brothers so I understood those dynamics and thought it was sort of mm-hmm. funny but uh, they put me into this egg-shaped pod and I went through space and again that could have been my physical body but it may have just been my spiritual body but when i landed it is kind of a landing bay area and the male was still with me and the we were at an observation deck and this is the part that is absolutely i was 100 percent there in my essence i was not dreaming i was fully awake and fully present at this place and it was the most beautiful place that it looked out over the city. The buildings were like ice crystals, just magnificent. The stru- the structure that I saw, they were, some of them were round or c- cylinder like, and some of them were square, but the overall flow artistically was stunning. And, there were uh, there was a river that came out of these distant mountains that ran around the outside of the city, and then a smaller version of the river ran kind of through the city. I could I could see see that, but but in the buildings between the buildings there were kind of like skyline bridges or something, and they were transparentish and glowing and there were people that were also in white robes. I couldn't really see exactly like what they were wearing because it was from a distance, but it seemed like white robes or flowing material, pantsuits, whatever, but just, they were all peaceful and just so full of light and love toward each other. And there was nothing at all that was malice or it, it felt like if I were to go down into that place, into that city, that I could walk around as a child and I would have no one would harass me or call me names. They used to in school call me weird Wendy because of my autism. And, you know, I'd ask them questions and people would be like, what's that kid? Why, why are you so weird? And I felt in that city just, you know, I could, I could just be there as an innocent child and be loved and protected and happy. And, the being that was with me, uh, he he said, I want you to remember what you're seeing because this is the way Earth was supposed to be. And it can be like that again. And the really cool thing was, is as later on as I started getting into science in college, and realizing how a quartz crystal works with releasing energy once there's pressure on it. It almost seemed like the city itself was a giant quartz crystal 
or some type of electric conductor because the and and maybe the rivers were keeping the underground area the the like a battery cool but everyone like the doors as they slid open and closed all of that uh kinetic energy was being recycled by the buildings themselves people walking down the streets or the vehicles or over the sky bridges even the noise people talking to each other anything at all that was a movement or an ex- expression of energy was recycled by the buildings themselves in the city oh. Well, that would certainly save the environment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did it seem like everyone was inside, or were there out, outdoor areas as well? Oh, there was out, there were outdoor areas, and they were allowed to people could come and go. They, they were just walking around, and uh, the really cool thing is after after that experience, because after I was shown what I was shown and told to remember and share it with other people, and woke up outside, and my dad got mad at me, and it's like, don't tell anyone what you say and and I didn't find out until many years later that uh he himself when he was eight years old saw the exact same place I saw it, it we were adults and I was talking with a niece of mine and she was telling me about getting to visit this really neat city of light and she called it the same thing and my brother had raised her to be uh, sort of uh, open-minded, not really an atheist, but he, uh, more of an agnostic and no reference to churches or heaven or anything like that. And she described the same thing that I saw and getting to go to this place. And my mom was just amazed. And she said, oh, she said, I got to see that same place when I was a little girl's I was talking to my mom yesterday and she described it. She said she was about five years old when she saw it. And she described the building as being almost like sculptured, clear ice and shiny. Hmm. My niece and my father both got to see it from ground level. And they described hearing the most beautiful music ever. My father thought he had went to heaven my mother believes she went to heaven, and my niece and I just like oh, we're we're in this city of light place. Wow, why do you suppose your family was singled out? So many members of your family were singled out to have this experience. Well, the that's kind of a tough question to answer because a lot of families, I believe, have family histories of being able to tie into the the i call them additional energy levels some you know some people call it supernatural and just my mother her family there have been certain spirits from like a grandfather that they saw her and her sister both at the same time sitting at the table peeling an apple and when i was about seven, me and my brother, we both were at my father's mother's house, my grandmother, and we saw a man sitting at a table peeling peeling something, and it scared the Jesus out of us, and we jumped (laughs) in my grandmother's bed, and 
but we both saw the same thing at the same time. And my mom said, oh, yeah, we saw him when we were little, too. So my mom comes from a family that has that ability. And my father, when he was a little guy, his mother had a, a guitar that was hanging above her bed. And uh, his dad was out of the picture. And my grandmother's brother was staying the night, were, was living with them kind of during the Depression era. And he was asleep in the other room. Well, this guitar started playing on its own. And my father, my grandmother went in and, and woke my dad up and said, come here, Russell, come in here. Something's going on. And he went and climbed in bed with grandma and they turned out the lights. And since they turned out the lights, this guitar started playing again. They turned, they turned back on the lights and um, my dad got the guitar off the wall and he thought his uncle was maybe playing some type of trick on him and he didn't know how he was doing it, but he got mm -hmm. the guitar down and undid all the strings, like made them all loose and everything and put the guitar back up on the wall and they turned off the lights and the guitar started playing again. And they turned back wow. on the lights and the thing was perfectly in tune. In fact, that's my, my that's where my father learned how to perfectly tune a guitar. And they, my grandmother's like, that's it. He's got to be playing a j joke on us. Go wake him up and see what's going on. My dad went in there and he was having a heart attack. So they were able to rush uh -huh. him to the, so was... yeah, they were. <laughs> They were able to get him to the hospital wow. and save his life. Wow. Wendy, I've, we are out of time for today, but we'll continue this conversation. And you can tell us how you met your guardian angel in the next show. That sounds good. So uh, tell the listeners how they can find your website. Well, I actually go through the art of autism. I don't have any websites of my own i just create art and whoever wants to use it can use it if you feel like donating money okay. to autism or any of your charities then do that very good that's the art of autism.com yes sir. and for our listeners more about the work of ions go to iands.org and tune in again next monday 11 a.m eastern for more of wendy powers amazing experiences here on NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.